so, so let me just say one thing, and we're going to introduce some missionary speakers to you here in a moment. And um, you're going to have the joy of getting to hear how some of our prayers for missionaries and giving to missions and all of that, you're going to hear some stories today about how God's using that. And, and I'm really excited to, to welcome Ed and Sue Daniker. So it, it strikes me, you know, in a group this size or people watching online or whatever, I, I'm certain that there's probably somebody who would say, uh, I don't really know how I feel about Jesus. I don't, certainly don't feel like I have a relationship with Christ or anything like that. And, and yet you're in a room of people who many of them would say, well, the relationship with Christ is really the central thing in my life. And as followers of Christ, this feels maybe just an important sort of instruction. Uh, as followers of Christ, one of the things that we do is we gather, right? When we gather, we worship, which isn't just about singing songs, but it's about really exalting the name of Jesus. We're, we're basically uh, giving him the credit. He is the name above every name. So that's why we do part of what we do. As followers of Jesus, we pray, you know, and that's why we often say, even in times like this, you say, well, that's kind of weird, you know, I wouldn't, I don't know if I would ever be comfortable to, to go forward or to pray like that. Well, why do we pray? Uh, we pray because that's actually a normal thing for Christians to do. Uh, and so we're at various stages of learning how to do that, and, and so we oftentimes even say, Lord, teach us to pray, uh, which was a valid enough uh, question for his disciples, and so it's certainly a valid question for us. But when you see the things that we do here, we do the things because we're trying to do the things that following Christ entails. Uh, and so if you look at that sort of from the outside looking in and say, I'm not sure how to feel about it, I hope that you would at least say, well, there's some, some sincerity of people who are trying to learn what it is to follow Christ. That's what we do. And so that's what it means to, to be part of a, a church family like this. So we're glad that you're here. Uh, we're delighted that you are able to worship with us and gather with us. Uh, this week has been a pretty active week, so we've had a missions emphasis week, and uh, Ed and Sue Daniker, who I'm going to welcome them to the platform now, they've been actually doing a ton of stuff. They've been talking to Nittany Christian School and the Prime Timers and the youth group. Uh, on Friday night, they were with us for a special missions rally that we did. Uh, how many of you were able to join us for that? I know there were, there were several. Uh, it was really a sweet gathering uh, where we had missionary updates from around the world and some uh, special presentations. We did some sending of some new missionaries. We got some folks like, these are, these are veterans right here. They've been doing this. You guys are getting ready to go back for your last term. Is that right? Uh, God has blessed them with an incredible legacy. Uh, but on Friday night, uh, not only were we hearing from them, but we got to send off and commission some brand new folks that were going to the, the mission field. And uh, so that was awesome. And then what I was particularly moved by was the fact that we had representation from seven or eight other churches that were here uh, in the room with us. And so there was this beautiful sort of coming together uh, of congregations and then Pastor Aiden, who did a ton of work to put all of this together, he was leading us at the end on sort of a celebration of the way that God is using all of these different congregations in sending. There's a mission trip going here and a church that's being planted here. And it was a great list of just work that God is doing in this area of sending. And so my heart was very warmed by that. I know many of you guys were as well. Uh, today, what we have the privilege of doing, and I wanted to sort of share the platform with Ed and Sue Daniker. So what I'm going to do is sit down here. We're going to let them do most of the talking. So get your microphone ready and uh, ready to go. I don't want to miss this uh, because I think it's important. I think we need to give a, a great big 
Christ-honoring, legacy-celebrating welcome to Ed and Sue, because these guys are the real deal, and they are doing some incredible work, incredible work. Uh, so thanks for joining me up here. We're, we're really delighted to hear from you, and, and we got to go through this uh, in the first service. It's just so beautiful, some of the stories and some of the emphasis on prayer. You know, they're, what they're going to teach us today is really a lot of what we're already endeavoring to do. We want to be gospel declaration people. We want to be gospel demonstration people. We want to be people of prayer. And you're going to hear how God has been working through them in some incredible ways. You're also going to hear how, uh, though they were mistaken as terrorists, they are not. Uh, Praise the Lord for that. I don't want to steal your thunder. We've got some great things. Let me begin by simply asking you uh, to introduce yourself uh, the, this year's mission theme is to be present, as we've already heard, and uh, Ed and Sue have been present in Thailand for over 30 years, which is an incredible legacy, and uh, what I'd like to do is just have you begin by telling us a little bit about your family, so we okay. can just get to know you a little bit. Thank you, okay. thank you, Pastor. Yes, we have two children. Uh, our daughter, Laura, is a music teacher. She teaches middle school, high school band. She's currently in Hong Kong, teaching at a Christian international school there. Our son is a mechanical engineer in western Pennsylvania. What we really praise God about is they both know the Lord, they love the Lord, and they're active in their local churches. Awesome. Uh, so I want to do one housekeeping thing before we get into the heart of your story, and that is tell us about many of us give to the Great Commission Fund. If you don't know what the Great Commission Fund is, that's how we support missionaries all around the world. You benefit from that. Absolutely. There's been some changes in the way that they kind of, that, that you are funded. So give us just a quick update on that, because I think that's practical and helpful for us to know. Yes, we are supported by the Great Commission Fund, and thank you so much for all of you who have given to that fund over the years. It supports us and 700 other international workers in 70 countries around the world, reaching out with the love of Jesus in some of the least reached areas of the world. And now it is possible to partner specifically with a worker or a ministry that you are really burdened for. And so now about 40% of our support and our uh, ministry funds is is designated funds. So it has people earmark our name on there, or 60% is comes from what's general. People just give to the whole pot and it's split up among all 700 of us. We need both kinds of giving and we thank you for both kinds of giving. If you want to give to the undesignated fund, which covers field costs and our transportation and our health insurance and everything, very important. You give how you've always given in the offering here at church, designate your offering for missions, and it goes into that. Um, And you could also give online. Our Alliance headquarters has moved to uh, Ohio, and so there's a new address if you mail a check in. The other way is designated funds. So if the Lord has laid a Uh, uh, international worker on your heart or a ministry on your heart you can designate it and it would go to even a country it would go to that country for their ministry so I think that's kind of cool it really helps us connect with our partners Uh, it puts it's more personal for us too I think and I think a lot of people like to give that way but both givings are important but you know more than that more than the financial gifts is we need your prayers absolutely the lord has it's just amazing how he answers prayer and answers prayer and we really need that prayer backing so we have our newest prayer card out there on our table you're welcome to take one and there's a sign up for prayer updates at and a little teeny tiny if you can read that you can type that in it comes up to our mailchimp sign up page 
The other way, if that doesn't work, or if you're tech savvy, you can do our QR code, goes right to the same page, put your name in there, your email, and click you're not a robot, and off it goes. Or if that doesn't work, send us an email, we'll put you on it. But thank you so I, much. I like that she included you're not a robot, so that's good. <laughs> we got that covered. Uh, no, uh, so you're giving, your prayers, uh, all of this is so important Absolutely. and so amazing. I would actually like to pray for you right now, and then you're going to share some of your story, and we'll guide through that, through that together. So church, let's, let's gather uh, in in that. Father, thanks for this morning and this story and this time that you have given to us to hear what you're doing in a different part of the world. It is amazing to know that you are the same God, uh, not just from back then to now, but around the world that you are writing a global story and that we have the privilege to be a part of that. And so we thank you for Ed and Sue, and we ask for just special freedom uh, as they share their story. It, it gives all the glory goes to you. I know that's Amen. their heart, uh, and um, we're grateful for what they have done, the sacrifices they, they, they have made, uh, and the work that you're doing through them. And so we pray for them now in Jesus' name. And all God's people said... Amen. 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 So we mentioned before this theme of being present, and I know that your heart is this idea, dwelling among the people to reveal Jesus. And that's what you've been doing for all of these years, and God's been blessing that. Can you unpack that for us? Tell us a little bit about what you mean by that. Yeah, um, for Sue and I, God has called us to be church planners in Thailand, and we thank God that over the course of our ministry, in answer to prayer, God has enabled us to help plant uh, four daughter churches. Awesome. One of our fundamental principles of church planning is to live in the community where we plan to start a church. Uh, this last church that we helped to plant in the town of Bonpale, we moved there in 2015. Unfortunately, our first impressions that we gave to our new neighbors were scary ones. Our moving truck unloaded 18 55-gallon metal barrels and plopped them down into our carport. Now, just before we had gone back to Thailand, it had been in the Thai news, we had not known about that yet, that there was recently a terrorist who was arrested with chemicals stored in metal barrels to build a bomb, and that was near where we were living. The neighbors wondered, what is in those barrels? One of our neighbors uh, is also a Christian, and she lived on the same street, and she tried to calm them down. She says, don't worry. Ed and Sue are fine. They've just come to tell us about Jesus and to help start a church. But I'm quite certain that a couple days later, when we opened those barrels and we pulled out pots and pans, sheets and towels, uh, books, pictures, all kinds of things for the house, they were quite relieved. Now, I want to explain to you first why we put our things in metal barrels. In Thailand, it's a hot, tropical climate. It rains a lot. The bugs never die. We have mice. Nothing gets in metal barrels. So we had not come to blow up their neighborhood, but we had come to share with them about Jesus and to dwell among them so that they could see Jesus. It says in John chapter 1, verse 14, the example of Jesus. 
It says there, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth. Jesus, the word of God, the eternal God, the creator of all things, took on human flesh. And then when people saw Jesus, they saw the glory of God. And then when they believed in him, they experienced God's grace and truth. And we as Christians are called as well to be present, to dwell among the people, to be in in involved with them, in active in their community, so that through our lives, God's glory is seen. And when people believe in Jesus, they also experience God's grace and truth. Yeah, that's amazing. Uh, I, I love the idea of you being mistaken for terrorists because these, if you haven't met them, these are some of the sweetest people you have ever met uh, in your life. And so the, the irony of all of that is certainly not lost on me. Uh, I also love this idea. So you are moving into a new neighborhood, and I imagine when you first went to, to Thailand, you're going into a whole new mission field, and that feels intimidating. Like, where do you start? What do you do? So what did you do as you went into this new area? Well, we got out and about, and uh, shortly after we moved in, we went to the local shops. We introduced ourselves. We're your new neighbor. We live right there, and, and so on and so forth. We interacted with the shopkeepers, and then in the evenings, we would go out on prayer walks. We walked everywhere we could, as far as we could, and back before it got really, really dark, and the town of Bonpale has about 20,000 people in it, and it, it's sort of a small town feeling. Uh, the whole district is 90,000, but the town where we were at was about 20,000. Bonpale has very few foreigners, so we kind of stuck out. <laughs> and most foreigners who live there are English teachers at a private school. But as we walked and prayed and we greeted our new neighbors, we were often asked, are you an English teacher here? And we said, no, we are teachers of a sort, but we're here to teach about the story of Jesus and to bless Bonpale with the greatest news ever. And people were amazed that we could carry on a conversation in the Thai language because most of the foreign teachers only have a very fundamental uh, ability to speak Thai. On our sixth prayer walk, we met a Thai lady whose name was Nun, and she was sitting in front of her beauty parlor. I had been looking around that day, thinking about getting my hair cut, and there were several establishments, and I'm thinking, where am I going to get my hair cut in this new place? And as we were walking and praying, we saw a nun sitting outside her booty shop, and I read her sign over her little shop, that poem, Chai Kap Ying, and haircuts for men and women, and she heard me, and she says, smiled and said, come on in, and so I went on in, and I said to Ed, will you just keep her walking around here? I'm going to go get my hair cut. So... <laughs> As I sat there, we started talking, and she asked the questions, what are you doing here, and so on, and I quickly found out that Nun was a seeker. She had been trying all kinds of ways to find peace and happiness and fulfillment in her life. She had tried a lot of the Buddhist practices from different countries. She had tried spiritual practices from other, other types of religions. She had tried over... I don't know how many, it was many, many things she had tried. In Thailand, over 90% of the people are Buddhist, but many of the Thai also engage in the appeasement of evil spirits. Less than 1% are Christian. As I was leaving Nun after I got my hair cut, she said to me something very interesting. She said, you know, I believe nothing happens by chance in this life. 
And I thought, you are absolutely right. I knew this was a divine appointment. And about a month later, God used a series of things to bring her to faith. And she was our very first believer in Bonpeo. That's awesome. That's awesome. So we, we love divine appointments, and uh, this was a divine hair appointment, which is even, <laughs> even better. That's awesome. Uh, so I also love just the emphasis on prayer. That was clearly, so, so continue to talk about that a little bit, the importance of prayer in yeah, this mission. And for us as Christians, Jesus was the model of that. And we see that in Mark chapter 1, verse 35, on to verse 39. It says there, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him. And when they found him, they explained, everyone is looking for you. Jesus replied, Let's go somewhere else, to the nearby villages, so I can preach there also. That is why I have come. So he traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. Here in Mark chapter 1, it's the beginning of Jesus' earthly ministry. Uh, he was baptized by John the Baptist. The Holy Spirit descended upon him. He went into the desert for 40 days to fast and pray. There the devil tempted him. He resisted all of the devil's temptations. And then Jesus began his earthly ministry. But he does just a little bit of ministry. And then in verse 35, he again retreats for a time of prayer to be alone with his heavenly father. And we see that then Simon Peter came and he asked, uh, he said to Jesus, everyone's looking for you. Now, you know, the Bible doesn't say there what actually what Jesus was praying for. But I highly suspect that one of the things he was praying for was the nearby towns and villages. He said, let's go there also so that we can preach there. And we as Christians need to make prayer our first priority. Uh, too often, I can treat, treat prayer as just an introduction, but we really need to focus on prayer. God moves in answer to prayer. I want to encourage you as well to be out in your community and first of all, praying. You know, you might walk the community uh, for exercise or you might walk your dog, but slow down a little bit. And pray as you walk. Pray for your neighbors. Pray for the state college region. You could come and pray in these neighborhoods around the church and pray that God would draw people to Jesus and experience God's love. And you know, Pastor Aaron, when we were praying as we were singing, yeah. I was deeply moved here in the second service. When we Excuse me. When we were praying for the nations, tears came to my eyes. When I thought of going back to Thailand and we sang about the distant shores, Sue and I are going back to a place that is along the shore of the Gulf of Thailand, right next to the sea. My 
the cry of my heart is that Thai people there would come to know Jesus. And then as we sang the next song, and we sang of, of what God did in the lives of people in the Bible, and then we sang, he's our same God. The God of the Bible is our, our God today. And so my prayer was, God, do what you did in the Bible times today, here. And so that prayer time was beautiful. I was, I was moved. And so, yeah, can keep it up. <laughs> <laughs> we'll keep on praying. So, so we're learning, and, and I guess what I'm encouraged about today, we didn't actually coordinate this in advance, that this was a, a message that you guys were working, but I love that so much of your ministry is birthed out of prayer. I mean, you're seeing God do substantial things, uh, but you've learned to pray first. And I think oftentimes we've missed that in the church. We just have, like you said, we, we sort of think of it as an afterthought where we pray when we have time. And so, awesome. That's, that's really encouraging. So, look, come back to the story. Uh, how did God then continue to direct you after Nun uh, was this person who came to the Lord and you had this divine appointment? What happened next? Well, in Banpyeon, Nun was so excited that she had found what she was looking for. She found Jesus, and it answered her prayer and her longings of her heart that she insisted on opening her beauty parlor up for a small group that would meet on Wednesday nights. She said, oh, this is perfect right here. I have glass on three of my walls. Everyone can see us. Everyone can hear us. They know what we're doing. This would be perfect. And so we eagerly agreed because she's in the center of the business district. And so we started meeting there. For about a year and a half, we met for a cell group at her beauty parlor. And when the group grew to about 10 local believers, we started praying God would lead us to the place that we could rent, that we could have Sunday worship in the morning. And uh, we started taking offerings because we wanted that local body of believers to be able to be self-supporting right from the beginning. And we saw what they could rent, and we, we threw that out to them. They found a building. Praise God, he answered prayer. And we rented a storefront building that is also in the center of town. And uh, it was a building right next to the canal. And uh, there it is. Okay, that middle one, the orange one, that is our building. But it looked more like the ones on either side. It was a real fixer-upper. We got a great deal on it. But I have to, to say, I like your building better. <laughs> yeah. It looks very bright and nice. It looks yeah. very welcoming. Yeah. yeah. So praise God. And like I said, it's near the main, main canal that goes east and west through the city. It's a 30-mile canal that goes from one main river to the next. And then they have put in the, the bridges, the roads. And so right next to the big concrete road bridge, it cuts the city north and south. And it is right across the main market from the town. Praise God, we were able to start worship in March 2017. And the church has been growing since. That's awesome. So we've talked about being present. You're trying to be present in this community. And now you have a church that's being present. And so how, how have you found that journey to go? How is the church being present in this, uh, in this region? Well, right across from the church in the market, on July 31st, 2021, a massive fire broke out. The, the flames were so hot. Our Thai pastor, Pastor Siti Chai, stood on the banks 
in front of our church, he could feel the heat of the flames. Sue and I lived about a half mile away, and we could see the flames shooting up in the air. It was about 8 o'clock at night, and the destruction was great. 28 shops were destroyed. 40 families were made homeless. And then our Thai pastor and our church members immediately responded and said, we have to help. They're, these are our neighbors. And so the church decided that we are going to put together 40 relief bags of supplies to give to our neighbors. And so some of our church members, they made special gifts and donations so that we could buy all the things. And then other church members came to church and we packed all those bags. And then our Thai pastor presented them to the mayor of Bonpel. The mayor's office was coordinating all of the relief for the victims. And I thank God that our church, in a very practical way, was able to demonstrate God's love. And, and this is what the Bible tells us that we should do. It says in John chapter 3, oh, 1 John, excuse me, 1 John chapter 3, uh, starting at verse 17 and verse 18, if anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need, but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. So I would encourage you as well to be praying that God would open up opportunities for you to share God's love with your neighbors. Be looking for those opportunities. Uh, Sue and I have had a chance to be all over Eastern PA with our churches here, and we've seen many good examples. Some of them are involved in the local food bank. Others are participating in a clothing drive of good used clothes for those who are needy. Others are involved in repair projects or cleaning projects in their community. Some uh, have a, a recovery program so that they can get free of their addictions through the power of Jesus Christ. And then we see some on an individual level where they're, they're helping their neighbors, uh, whether it's raking leaves or shoveling snow or very soon, the grass will start to be growing. And so you could offer to uh, like help cut your neighbor's glass if, if they're handicapped or elderly, and that would be really hard for them. So yeah, we can have all kinds of opportunities to be present to show yeah. God's love. That's awesome. I love that challenge. Uh, my grass probably won't start going to about June 15th. Uh, <laughs> it's just it's too shady there, whatever. Uh, but uh, but you're absolutely right, and I think we found some of the greatest joy, uh, I know many of us would say this, the greatest joy that comes when you're able to serve and, and able to see the needs and the places where our church has, the Lord has been kind of turning our attention outward and many of us looking at our neighborhoods as mission fields and uh, finding ways to serve. It really is a wonderful and joyful place for us to be in. So we, we, we pray and then we go and then God continues to kind of stir in prayer and, and Ed, I loved some of your story about how the Lord continued to, to challenge you in prayer. Just keep going on that yeah, a little bit. Yeah, so our church was praying uh, that the Thai people would experience themselves 
the love of Jesus. And so when we would gather on Wednesday night prayer meeting, we would be praying for uh, not only our town, but our district, which is also called Bonpale, our, our district of 90,000 people. We were are just one of two churches for that entire district because instead of churches, there's Buddhist temples. But we long for the Thai people to be saved. And then myself, because our church was right in the center of town, I often used the church as my starting point of whenever I did shopping or errands in town. And most of the time, I had to go over that bridge, over the canal, to the other side. And when I got up on the bridge, I could see all four corners of our town of Bonpel. And then often there was a breeze blowing down the canal. And I prayed, God, may the breeze of the Holy Spirit blow across this community and be drawing people to Jesus. And then when I finished my, my shopping or my errands, I walked back over the bridge and our church building was just to the right. And I could see the red cross up on the top. And my prayer was, God, draw people to the cross. Draw people there so that they can find your forgiveness of sins and, and find healing and new life in Jesus. And, and I prayed, oh, God, be moving. And I was praying, God, continue to open up ways for us to share. And that's what the Bible says. You know, it says in Colossians 4, verses 2 and 3, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful, and pray for us too that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. You know, sometimes God answers those prayers, and it is amazing how he opens the door. Sue, do you have an example of that? Give me a, give me a story of an open door. I do. <laughs> Shortly after that fire, November 2021, the assistant director of Bonpale, like I said, is a district of 90,000, so he was taking care of 90,000 people. He contacted our pastor, Pastor Sitichai, about participating in the annual agricultural fair that they were gonna have every weekend of December. And it would promote the local agriculture products. Bonpale is famous for the coconuts. If you've ever had a fresh coconut, right from the tree, it's amazing. But I guess you have to be in that country. We then. live in central Pennsylvania. <laughs> There's not a lot of fresh coconut <laughs> gathering happening that I know of. Maybe some of you have resources. Anyway, very, very delicious. They also are famous for orchids and for many, many fruits, um, you know, mangoes and just so many things. So they wanted to showcase those for the others in the area to come by and have an annual fair. So it would be every weekend in December, and one of those weekends would be Christmas weekend. And so he asked us, would we be willing to have a booth that weekend to tear, tell people what Christmas was all about? And we're like, yes. <laughs> amazing. Um, they're asking us. And it was amazing. We thought this is a golden opportunity. God had really opened the door for the message. So the church was given a booth in a prime location, a lot of foot traffic right near the main stage. 
on the, on the weekend, on the evenings of Friday, Saturday, and Sunday of Christmas weekend. And besides having free carnival games, we had a lot of prizes. We had all kinds of carnival games. There was dart throwing, <laughs> at real darts too, a little scary, but we had ring toss and we had all these things. The kids were lined up, the adults were lined up, and we gave out a lot of free prizes. And we also were able to distribute over 800 packets of literature. And we had children's material about Christmas, and we had adult material about the gospel, and we had, of course, the church pen and a little notepad with the church name on it and all this stuff. 800 packets in those three days. And we had some good conversations with people that stopped by and talked with us at the booth. The other thing that was amazing is the district gave us 30 minutes every night on the stage to sing to share about Christmas and so we had our worship team at our church and at the mother church join together and sing songs and different songs to engage the audience and then each night one of our pastors would share the gospel in a very creative way it's a moving audience you know but they're sitting there having their dinner and stuff but they were paying attention and our pastors did a fantastic job very creative ways of sharing the gospel in a, in a very engaging very engaging with that kind of audience I believe over the course of those three nights over a thousand people heard the good news of Jesus and about his birth and how we can be saved from our sin and from our bondage I believe it was just amazing what also amazed me is the district director each night would kind of go around and introduce the fair introduce the agricultural fair and he would come to our booth and he said this is the booth from the Mahapan Bunpail Church they're just right up the canal and they're going to tell you about Jesus and Christmas this evening and I'm like pinch me I'm like this is amazing he, they were so supportive of us being there and so appreciative of us being there. And he advertised our free games, and the kids were lined up already waiting. What's going to be tonight? <laughs> we tried to change the game each night. So it was amazing. We really sensed an amazing appreciation for the church and its presence. You know, we haven't seen a direct, I was there and now I am saved story yet. But I believe there was many, 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 many seeds planted. And the the community knows us now. Everywhere we went after that, people were smiling at us and appreciating that we had been there and basically serving the community, serving their kids in that just a little teeny tiny way. And I just, we are trusting that God will bring more and more people to Jesus because of that. And I just pray that God would lead you to open doors. You know, sometimes we think, well, we're here in America. I mean, we're in a Buddhist country. Well, <laughs> you know, 90% Buddhist, but uh, it was an amazing, mind-blowing opportunity that we were given. God can do it here in America. He can do it here in America. Sometimes we think, oh, well, there are just so many closed doors, and we're not allowed there, we're not allowed there. God is bigger than that. And so I would encourage you to pray for some amazing open doors and that you can share with the community about Jesus. That's awesome. I just hear in, in that story, um, God has given you favor. You know, that's the thing that's really beautiful. God has given you favor, and he's answering those prayers and the prayers of many people who are, are supporting you. So we're going to wrap up with this. Uh, just amazing story. So grateful for all of this. Um, but can you kind of bring this home to us? I'd love for each of you to share a little bit about uh, how what this could mean for us as we uh, close up this time together. Yeah, so uh, I want to encourage you that as we see here, Jesus is the model for us to follow. Jesus was present here on earth. And 
So as we're present, people will see Jesus in us. And they'll see God's glory. And then our prayer is that God will use you to see some people believe in him so that they also will experience God's grace and truth. And so, and Jesus is sending us out just like the Father sent Jesus here to earth. It says there in John chapter 21, verse 20. John chapter 20, verse 21. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. So God wants to send us. Jesus wants to send us to be present, to be involved in our community, involved in our world. God may be sending you to go somewhere else in the world so that those people, when we are filled with the Holy Spirit, that they too can experience Jesus. You know, I believe that we may never be more like Jesus than we, when, when we are willing to go to people who don't yet know him. You know, when I met Nun uh, some years ago, about five, six years ago, I, in her beauty shop, I was the first Christian she ever met. And after she was walking with the Lord and just loving the Lord, and she said to me, Sue, why did I have to wait 50 years? And I, I, every time I think about that, I have no answer. But I just praise God it was in time, and she's just loving the Lord to this day just serving the Lord and so active and still sharing her faith. And she said, why did I have to wait? You know, even here in America, there are people that in their circle of relationships, they don't know somebody who can explain to them the good news of Jesus. The statistics are mind-boggling. Here in America where we think, well, there's TV, there's everything. But there are people that don't know somebody personally who can explain it to them. And, you know, the challenge for us is for God, to, for us to allow God to move us into those areas, to be present for him, to dwell among them. There are not going to be people that maybe speak like us, look like us, act like us, but it's people who need Jesus, communities, and pockets of people right here in State College. I mean, the Lord has brought the nations here, but not just even international people, Americans that... They don't, in their circle, they don't know anyone who can explain adequately how to become a Christian. So I am asking you, are you willing? Jesus is sending you. As the Father sent Jesus, Jesus is sending each of us. Are you willing to go for him across the street or even across the ocean to another country? Ed and Sue, this has been really wonderful to just hear your heart, and we love what you're doing. Um, I love that we can get a, a picture today when you give to the Great Commission Fund. Uh, it's, it's real people doing real ministry, and uh, so for you to be able to share that with us today is awesome. I want to challenge you as a church, uh, if in your giving uh, strategy you've never given to the Great Commission Fund, uh, this is some of the work that you can be helping to support when you do that. And so we want to challenge you, if you've never done that, be a first-time giver this year. That would be a wonderful joy for us. Uh, and for the many of you that do that, I mean, we've given substantial uh, dollars to that, and we want to continue to do that as a church, and we're grateful for that good work. Uh, I love the gospel demonstration that you're living out. 
I love the gospel declaration that you're living out. I love the focus on prayer that you're challenging us with uh, today. And uh, I would like to say this, uh, sort of two invitations, and then Ed, I'd like for you to pray for us just that God will kind of fuel our, our hunger and our, uh, and our passion for the Lord. Uh, if you're listening to this message today and you're saying, I don't really know a whole lot about this Jesus person, um, we would love to talk with you about that. You know, you're getting a little Amen. bit of experience today Amen. that Jesus-loving people pray, and they worship, and they send, and they Amen. go. Um, and so if you're kind of on the outside looking in and would like to talk about that, we'd, we'd love to talk with you. There's a lot of people here that would love to uh, share and encourage you uh, in that journey, answer questions that you might have. If you have questions for Ed and Sue, they're going to be in the lobby if you want to be in part of their prayer team or whatever. Um, I just want to say to you just a blessing to say thank you. I love the freshness that you bring the joy that you bring. You're, you're fun people, <laughs> and I, I just appreciate that about you. And I was very moved that when we asked them uh, how we could pray for them, one of the first things that they said was pray that we would know Jesus and know his heart better. And you've been on the mission field. You've been doing this for decades. It would be easy to say, well, we sort of know the ropes. We know what we're doing. But their heart is to stay fresh with the Lord and to continue to grow. And that is a true servant-hearted uh, uh, spirit. And we appreciate that very much. So in that spirit, Ed, would you just pray for us, pray a blessing, and then we're going to wrap the service up with one last song. But pray a blessing that God would really uh, fuel our hunger. Yeah. And I just want to mention, too, that uh, if you want to pray, here at the end of the service, and you sense that God is sending you, yeah. uh, you can come and pray. Or if you say, I don't really know Jesus yet. I want to, I want to experience that today. Uh, so let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, I pray that you would put on our hearts that people don't know you yet. And we have the best message in the whole wide world and it's Jesus. So, Lord, I pray that you would be sending us forth. Send us, first of all, by seeking your face in prayer. And, Lord, let us go forth in both deed and in word, showing your love and then sharing why we do all this because Jesus loves us. Lord, send us for your glory. In his precious name, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Thank you, Ed and Sue. We receive that. We are blessed by you today. Let's give them a little thank you. They'll see you after the service in the lobby. Why don't we stand together, and our team's gonna lead us out.